last week Sunday we looked at a subject called changed from glory to glory we identified that that is actually the pattern determined by God for the one who is in Christ Jesus then I mentioned Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 and I did indicate that that is a whole subject on its own so we can look at it in detail as a message but it's actually a follow up on last week's Sunday's message change from glory to glory in that message we established that we were born glorified if you are born again can you tell yourself I was born glorified now that I'm born again and that picture is not in our feelings. It's not in our physical circumstances. We can only find that picture when we look into the word of God, which mirrors who we are to us. So we identified that we all, with open face, with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the image we see in the word of God from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord that means that until you see who you are in the word and believe that this is who you are though your mind hasn't registered that reality yet but your aim your passion your belief, your quest is to make sure that your mind is renewed to renew we said is to remove the old mentality and replace it with a new until we get our minds to be re-educated to be reprogrammed let me put it that way to be reprogrammed to accept the new you the you in you the real you the one that is in Christ which is not in our feelings but that is who we are until your mind is renewed you may still live the old life Although you are a new man in Christ Jesus. And I want you to take note of the phrase in Christ because that is paramount. What we are referring to here can never be a reference to the one who is not in Christ. For instance, the one who is not in Christ cannot renew his or her mind. Why? Because we said to renew means to remove the old and replace with the new. If you are not in Christ, you don't even have the new in the first place because therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? He's a new creature. So if you are not in Christ, you don't even have the new. So how do you remove the old and replace with the new? So what those out there in the world do, unlike us who renew our minds, is that they reform their minds through education. Education can reform your mind. But reformation is not the same as transformation. Reformation is not the same as renewal. Reformation is to, is to cover up, is to decorate, let's say, a pig, you know, a decorated pig. And you know a decorated pig is still a pig. If you leave it, let it loose, it will still go back to the mud and dirty itself. And so we are not talking about reformation here, though reformation gives a certain improvement to our lives and therefore to society. But we are talking about the transformed life. 
where our minds are now acquainted with a new person on the inside of us, which we do not know, but the word of God mirrors all these things back to us. And today, by the grace of God, we are looking at one such image in the Bible. And the Bible is a mirror. Take note. So as you look into it, what you are seeing there, especially if it has to do with the one in Christ, is your, is your image. You've got to do what? Believe it. Accept it. Act on it. And as you do, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, will change you from what your mind is to what your mind needs to believe, and then you are changed to that glory. Hallelujah. So we were born glorified. It's in our spirit, but that glory must translate into our souls and then finally into our physical lives and physical circumstances. Are you ready? All right, so based on the subject at hand, I titled today's message, Our Exalted Position in Christ. Someone say, Our Exalted Position in Christ. And let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. The verse 3. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Say amen to that. That's a wonderful image. A wonderful, beautiful image. Is it that I'm not head on, on air? All right, thank you. A wonderful image that is captured in the epistle to the Ephesians about you and me that you would never have known but for the Spirit of God revealing it to us. Listen, until you know these things and until your mind is renewed to accept, acquaint itself with this reality and then more importantly, until you begin to live with this kind of mindset, you will still believe in the old life, though you are a new man, blessed this way in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, he didn't say, will bless us when we get to heaven, who has blessed. And to be blessed here means to be endowed with. Someone said to be endowed with. In other words, what you need to live the new life in Christ Jesus has been given to you. You've been equipped with that ability. You've been, let me put it this way, programmed that way. It is like a television in a radio. It doesn't matter how nice a radio set is. It doesn't matter how sophisticated it is. If it has not been wired, programmed to give vision, but it has only been wired to give only what is the word? Audio, eh? 
to give only audio but not vision, it means that no matter how you hit it, no matter how you try to change what or what, at the end of the day, that radio will still give only audio but not vision because it's not been programmed that way. Another example is a seed. You see a mango tree, as admirable as a mango tree is, with powerful roots deeply embedded in the soil, deep, deep down into the, you know, the depths of the soil with thick stem and with powerful branches, with leaves and flowers. And then seasonally, it brings forth mango fruits that we all go pluck and eat. That mango tree that you see out there that is so admirable started with what? A seed. Someone say a seed. So when you see a mango seed, everything about that mango, whether it's the root, the stem, the branches, the leaves, the flowers, and ultimately the fruits, everything has already been programmed in that seed. Just put it in the right environment and it will shoot forth. Hallelujah. That is a picture God wants you and me to get that what we will become. We have already been born that way. What you will achieve in this life, you've already been programmed that way. You've been endowed with. You've been equipped with. You've been programmed that way. Please, you do not know this, but he is telling you by the spirit and that is why this knowledge is not head knowledge it's revelation knowledge this knowledge is not something you learn from school it is something that is given by the spirit mind you the spirit is the author of the word but for the revelation of the spirit we would never have known that we've been endowed with how many every the King James says all come on say I have all Yes. You may be struggling now. You may be going through one challenge or the other, but it still does not nullify. It does not negate the reality of who you are in Christ Jesus. Maybe next week, Sunday, when we shall all gather in our next all in-person service, we will address that subject matter. Why is it that we have been endowed with everything, but we still live the defeated life? Why does Satan still seem to have some advantage? Why do negative situations still happen to us? Why our physical, physical circumstances so unpleasant? Why do we go through the battles that we go through? We can address that subject. I have done that before. I remember 2018 in this same house, but we will address it because we need to rehearse many of the things that we have taught. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about growth in the Lord. Hallelujah. And talking about knowing who you are and acting as, as such. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, all spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, let's look at the nitty gritties of this statement. Number one, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, you can turn there. Let me show you Hebrews 11, 3. We'll come back to the same subject. That is our subject matter, but look at the nitty-gritties. Let scripture answer scripture and give us the nitty-gritties of what 
we are being told in Ephesians 1.3. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith, we understand that the wells were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The King James says the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. What does that mean? It means that the physical things that we see, the things our senses can relate to, were made by something which is the word of God, which we cannot see. All right? So it means the spiritual gave birth to the physical. Can you say that the spiritual gave birth to the physical? It also means that the spiritual controls the physical. Okay, so let's go back to Ephesians 1.3 and look at it again. If the spiritual gave birth to the physical and the spiritual controls the physical and he tells us that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing or all spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. What that means is that if you are in Christ, all it takes to control your physical circumstances has been given to you. You've been endowed with that ability. You've been programmed to have advantage over your physical circumstances. How many believe that? Please, I'm asking the question. How many believe that? He is telling you and me that it doesn't matter. Listen to the word. He said every. All. It means that whatever the physical circumstance is, you have the advantage over that physical circumstance. That's our programming. That's who we are. And until you see this image in the word and act on it, the spirit of God cannot change you into that image. In other words, you may not be able to live this life if you are not transformed into this reality by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. And I pray that as I'm preaching and teaching, there will be a reprogramming of our minds to begin to take advantage of who we are. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, meaning that I have what it takes to control the physical circumstances of my life. Because he says in Hebrews 11:3, by faith, we understand that the worlds, what does he mean by the worlds? The, the universe. There are different kinds of worlds. We have the first heavens. That's the atmospheric heavens. We have the second heavens. We have the third heavens. We have the underworld. The marine world. The metaphysical world. The, the astral world. Whatever world you can talk about. There are different kinds of worlds. But they were all framed by the word of God. God's word gave birth to the worlds that we see. The universe. That means the spiritual and the word of God. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. So the word of God is spiritual, is spirit. And the spiritual has advantage over the physical. So if I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ, it means if, that's the condition, the only condition is you must be in Christ. The other condition, we'll address it next week, Sunday at our next all-in-person service, which has to do with growth. Growth. You will see it. Hallelujah. So, if you are in Christ, please, I submit to you the word of God. 
It doesn't matter what physical circumstance that has confronted you and it seems to be eating you up. Sometimes we are tempted to think that you are the only person going through what you are going through. It's a lie. Probably, if you should compare yourself with another person who is going through worse, but who knows this reality, you will discover that you have not gone through anything. Yet that person seems to live the, the, the super life, the life above the average, the life above the stone, because he knows how to conquer the physical circumstances of his life. By accepting God's word that I have been blessed, I have been endowed with, to be blessed also means to be, to be empowered to succeed. Say, I'm empowered to succeed. So, in our programming, how God has programmed us, there is nothing like failure. Even what seems like failure will work together with the grace of God on our lives for our good. Hallelujah. So, that is the first programming, but we'll go to the next line in the same Ephesians 1-3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Someone say, in the heavenly places. And that's another big one. Apart from the spiritual which has advantage over the physical, there is another big one in this verse. The heavenly places in Christ. Turn with me to Ephesians uh, the same Ephesians, eh? Okay, let's go to verse 20, chapter 1. Ephesians 1, 20. We can even go down, but let me just pick verse 20 to begin with. He says, he was talking about what God has done for us. He was praying for the Ephesian church and of course for all of us. Then he says, which he worked in Christ. He worked something in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So please take note. Christ has been raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God's majesty. Where? Where, please? Where? In the heavenly places places. What does that phrase even mean? He's talking about seated far above the other heavens. They are different heavens. At least we are told in scripture that there are three heavens. Why? Because Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 makes reference to he being caught up to the paradise of God, to the third heavens. So at least in scripture we see three heavens. The first heaven, like I said, is the atmospheric heavens. The second heaven has to do with the heavens above the atmospheric heavens, the staric heavens, where we have the, the various planets, the various uh, galaxies, the various constellations. And then that is also the place where Satan has also built his hierarchy. Alright? If you watch the verse 21 of the same chapter, you will see that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand in the heavenly places. There's comma, Verse 21 says, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. All means that both the, the good ones and the bad ones. Because in, in God's hierarchy, Satan never does anything by his own imagination. He actually mimics God. God has the same hierarchy of principalities and powers and rulers. But not of the darkness of this world. Rulers in light. And in our case, not spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places, but then spiritual goodness. But Satan has turned it the other way around. He has principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. And then in verse 22, it says, and has 
And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's big. That's big. But what I'm trying to say is that at least reference to Ephesians 1.3, Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places. Look at chapter 2, verse 4 through 6. The same Ephesians. In chapter 2, he went on talking about the same concept. Let me just pick verse 4. He said, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, the King James and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And verse 6 says, and raise us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. So he is telling you that God did not only do that for Jesus Christ when he raised him from the dead. When he died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him in baptism. When he was raised, we were raised together. And then when he sat him at the right hand of his majesty, we were made to sit together. He says in verse 4 again, he says that, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Meaning that if you are in Christ Jesus, this is your exalted position. Where? Sitting together with Christ in the heavenly places. What does that mean? Do you remember what we just saw in chapter 1, verse 21 downwards? He says that far above. It means if you are in Christ, you are not just seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. It means that you too, you are what? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and any name that can be named, not only in this age, not only in this world, but also in the world to come, in the age to come. Wow. Say, I'm far above. I like it when Jesus said in John 3, 31, he says, he who is from above is what? He's above all. So if you ask, listen, he, this is a picture that gives us confidence. It doesn't give us, it doesn't make us proud. It makes us confident in Christ. In fact, because of that interjection, you know, you put in there, by grace you've been saved. You cannot be proud in yourself and say that eh, no, you are not above a human being you are above principality and power and might and dominion and any name that can be named our battle is not against flesh and blood so you do not pride yourself in these things above another human being that's not the point when you do that then it means that you have chipped yourself you have brought yourself from the heavenly places to the earthly realm he is giving us a certain understanding that makes us champions in this world. Because this world is not heaven. This world is described in Galatians 1-4 as present evil world. It's a dark world of sin. You know that song? Peace, perfect peace in this dark world of sin. The blood of Jesus whispers peace within. It's a dark world of sin. It's not a user-friendly world. It's not a world that will make things work for you easily. Come on. The enemy knows that if he makes life easy, you will depopulate hell. He knows it. He knows 
that two are better than one. Why he brings this agreement amongst people? He knows that two are better than one. So if he should allow agreement, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Bible says, if two shall agree on earth as touching anything that they pray about, it shall be done. So oftentimes he makes sure that if two are so one, he will seek to divide because his principle is divide and rule. Whereas God says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. When God sent the disciples, he sent them what? Two by two. So Satan's principle is always contrary to God's principle. And until you identify your place in Christ, in the word, and live as such, you'll be amazed that you, who are in Christ, who is seated together with Christ in the heavenly places far above, is still being trampled down here on earth. And you wonder, what happened? It's because we've not taken advantage of our exalted position in Christ. Hallelujah. So we have an exalted position. Now, I have established one thing about the heavenly places. It means we are far above. Number two, we can go to Daniel chapter 4. Let me show you Daniel 4. In Daniel chapter 4, Daniel was given an interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And you can take time and read Nebuchadnezzar's dream. It was a powerful revelation that was given him and he couldn't get the interpretation. So, he was told that there was somebody called Daniel in his kingdom who had the, the spirit of the gods. That is how Nebuchadnezzar put it, you know, in him. And that was the spirit of God at work in the life of Daniel. Whilst Daniel was giving the interpretation, he made a very powerful statement in verse 6 of Daniel 4. He said, therefore, okay, let me, let me pick it from verse 4. You appreciate it better. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. <clears throat> I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Then, in verse 6, he says, Therefore, I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. All right. Let me go on. He said, Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But alas, Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. That's Nebuchadnezzar talk, talking here. He even gave Daniel, a new name. In him is the spirit of the holy God. Are you there? And I told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you, and no secret troubles you. Oh, I like that. When you have the spirit of God, no secret troubles you. Explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens, and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The bears of the heavens dwelt in its branches. And all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed, 
and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beast get down from under it and the bears from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and roots in the earth bound with a, a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let him, let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. Look at verse 17. This decision is by the watches. It's by the decree of the watches and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he wills and set over it the lowest of men. Hallelujah. Now, on and on and on and on. Alright. I may not be able to read all. So, Daniel has had a dream and then this was the, one of the interpretations. But verse 26 is where I'm going. Let me just jump to verse 26. Then he said, And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heavens or heaven rules. The, the King James says the heavens do rule. Hallelujah. I wish I will, I will bring the King James so that you, you appreciate Daniel 4.26. Let me read the, the King James. Alright. The verse 26 of Daniel 4 in King James says, And whereas they commanded to leave the stamp of the root, of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. I wish that we we'll come to that knowledge quickly before it's too late. Hallelujah. That what? The heavens do rule. Which means that many of our earthly circumstances, there are some things that control. If you do not take your superior position, which is far above in the third heavens, then there are forces in the second heavens. There are even forces in the atmospheric heavens. That is what the Bible calls the rulers of the darkness of this age. Bible calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. Did you hear that? He's what? The prince of the power of the air. In other words, he controls humankind from the atmospheric heavens. First, from the second heavens, and then he gives command to those who are in the atmospheric heavens, and then they manipulate. There are some decisions. That is why we have to pray for those who are in authority. You have no idea. The seat of authority is a seat that Satan always attacks. Because when somebody is put in a seat of authority, there are decisions. If care is not taken, that decision can land everybody who is following that authority to hell. You just sit there and realize that this decision doesn't make sense. But the person says, this is what I want to do. And you ask yourself, why? But you may not know that there are forces controlling that seat from the first heavens, from the second heavens. So we who are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places, far above all these forces, must take our superior position and, and bind these forces. 
So he told us in 1 Timothy 2, for instance, I exhort therefore the first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all those who are in authority. Then he said that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Meaning that we don't live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty by chance. It happens when some people take this responsibility upon themselves and begin to pray. That is one way by which we exercise our authority, prayer. Another way by which we exercise our authority is by faith. In that word, that you just know that this is what God has said. Let God be true, but every man a liar. So as you walk out there, you are not afraid. Hallelujah. Are you there? Many of us are so conscious of our external environment, we have no consciousness of who we are in Christ. We have no consciousness of our exalted position in Christ. Whenever you are going to the village, you are conscious of all the witches that can do A, B, C. Ah, bah! Please, we must change. I am not saying that that means that you should just hand yourself over to the witches. No. But I'm saying that should you find yourself in the midst of witches, you just know that, see, you are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places far above all. Oh. So, let them gather. The Bible says, surely, they shall gather. Whether you like it or not, even if you don't travel to the village, they shall still gather. Even if you don't go to the village, they will still gather. But he says, surely they shall gather, but not by me. And everyone who gathers against you shall fall for your sake. That is a picture in the word. So you must take God by his word and say, oh, I didn't know that, oh, I should allow them to gather. But once they gather, because I am in Christ. But he said, my life is hidden with Christ in God. That is another picture. Then they shall fall for my sake. So you go in their midst and they wonder, ah, but this person, how come we are not able to touch him? Because the person is living with a certain mindset. That me in Christ, you must chew God first and chew Christ before you can chew me. And since you cannot chew God and you cannot chew Christ, then you cannot chew me. That's all. Hallelujah. Someone say, my exalted position in Christ. God wants us to be more conscious of this reality than the consciousness we have about our physical circumstances because two things I've established here and I'm bringing my message to a close. Two things. Number one is that if it comes to the physical circumstances of our life, is anybody in any physical circumstance? Any. Let's call it any. What, what can you call that physical circumstance? That physical circumstance has its root where? In the spirit. And we have been endowed with what it takes to control our physical circumstances. Not some of it. He says he has endowed us with every, with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Not just the ministers of the gospel. Everyone in Christ. Including you and me. So once we are in Christ, say I have it. Say I have it. I have it. It's a programming. When you look at a seed, it doesn't look beautiful. It doesn't look like this seed, like the master seed. Do we still have it here? The master seed doesn't look like it's anything. It's tiny and almost to be trampled underfoot. I mean, you don't consider it as anything. But Bible says that when it grows, it becomes the mightiest tree that all the bears of the, uh, uh, of the air find their shelter under its, under its uh, leaves and branches. So, if you look at your life, 
and you look at your physical circumstance, you may, you may write yourself off. You may say that me, I don't amount to anything, but please, it's not you. Maybe you are referring to the old you who was not in Christ, but if you are in, that's the point I'm stressing on, in Christ. Therefore, if, the condition is if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. This new creature is not the same as the old creature. The old you who used to struggle. The old you who used to be defeated. The old you who used to, used to do anything that is unimaginable. But now he says that there's a new programming. The sin nature, which used to make you behave that way, has been washed away. Are you there? It's been what? If not for the word, we would never have known. But he tells us that he's washed away. So if the root, I have a saying, if the root is not there, then the fruit must not be there. So, so long as the sin nature is no longer there, then I had the ad advantage. Number two, he didn't only remove the sin nature, he now gave us a new nature. It's called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Oh, what a savior. Think about it. The one who didn't know any sin. He, made him, he didn't make him a sinner, he made him to be sin. In other words, every sin of humankind were all heaped in his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. It can only be God who can do this. I'm telling you. Please, every day when you get up and there is nothing to eat, there is nowhere to go, celebrate your salvation. Bible calls it the helmet of salvation. You see, in our weaponry, you must always put on the helmet of salvation. In other words, if you don't, if you don't mind your salvation, if you don't occupy your mind with your salvation, Satan will throw his arrows on your mind. He is throwing. Bible talks about the fiery dust that is shot at our minds. He wants you to go crazy. He wants you to begin to think that you are nothing. Why am I struggling? Why am I? Meanwhile, when you put on the helmet of salvation, you realize that hey, like you sang that song, I didn't know. He will me saved. You don't know what that means. Saved. Saved by grace. Hallelujah. It can only be God. So every day, every day must be a day of celebration for the child of God. Because we don't live by, we don't, Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Not by our senses. What your senses are telling you is, is a mirage. It's not true. It's not true. It's only for a while. Our light affliction is but for a moment. So when we go through, do not determine who we are. What we are have already been determined. We are more than conquerors. Like we quoted last week Sunday. We are blessed. Say I'm blessed. I'm being endowed with. I have it. When you get up in the morning, say I have what it takes to live the super life. I have circumstances must have, you know, made you look miserable and circumstances want to bury you, but let God be true, but every man a liar. I see a people arise. I see a people emerge. In our year of glorious emergence, we are taking the battle to the gates and we are saying to Satan, enough is enough. Now we know now we live in this reality. Now we renew our minds with this reality that we are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and any name that can be named. So what is the name of the situation? We are above it. Hallelujah. Amen. 
remember Philippians 2 says that he has given us the name that is above every name that are the name of Jesus every knee should should means that I have a responsibility and that's exactly what we're going to do right now please I don't know what your physical circumstance is maybe you have written yourself over and said that this one I don't think it will change but I want to announce to you it will change today oh I believe the word of God I said it will change today Remember, last week Sunday, we prayed a prayer and said that by the close of this month, is that not so? And this month is closing some less than 24 hours from now. Oh, yeah, or let's say a little above 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, a little above 24 hours, some 36 hours from now. It's less than 48. But I know that something will change. Stand to your feet, people of God. Those who are watching, those who are listening, let's begin to pray. And this week, this week, this week, as the Lord will permit, from Wednesday through Friday, I would want us to add fasting to what we are going to do now, okay? I announced during our last all-in-person service on the 2nd of May that the Lord would want us to do a certain fast before that in August, during our times of refreshing. And I said that it will either be the last week in May or the first week in June. And I have a certain indication that even if it is 6 to 9 a.m., you still do it. Am I talking to somebody? I said if it's what? Even 6 to 9 a.m., you still do it. Or if 9 is even far away and it says 6 to 8, you still do it. But if you can do 6 to 12, glory be to God. If you can do 6 to 3 p.m., hallelujah. If you can even do 6 to 6, because by 5 p.m., I want to trust God. Those of us who have not downloaded the Telegram app, okay, I want to thank God, trust God that God will give you, in case you don't have a smartphone, may God give you a smartphone this week. Oh, I didn't know that you were looking for phone alone. When, when, God, when God wants to give you the mind to manufacture, yeah, 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 yeah. So that at least you can have some opportunity to download this Telegram app and then we'll introduce two links. Those two links, we'll click on those two links and connect. One of them will be, you know, giving the prayer points, whilst the other one will be we communicating. Whilst at the same time, you know, you can unmute your mic, just like we do in Zoom, and then you can pray along with others, okay? It's a very beautiful app, and it takes less data, and the... The, the, the audio is very clear so we can encourage ourselves so Wednesday 5 to 6 before 5 I'm sure by Monday Tuesday we will share how we will use that link and then Wednesday 5 to 6 wherever you are once it's on your phone you can even put it by your ear wherever you are you may not be praying but at least you are listening to the prayer is that okay? especially those who use Bluetooth or use earpiece you will not disturb anybody even if you're in a vehicle and then Thursday the same and then Friday the same and then Sunday on the 6th of June, 2021, we shall have our next all-in-person service from 9 to 11 because, see, some things must end and they must change. They, they must change for the better. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you ready? Please, what have you learned today before we pray? Can anybody tell me? Including those who are watching online. If you have the access, Mr. Mr. Augusto wants to say, can you give him a microphone, please. What have you learned today? Because we must take advantage of our exalted position and do some spiritual exercise now. Praise yes. the Lord. Yeah. If you don't mind, you can come and face the camera. It doesn't matter. 
Michael, just let's show his face. Let him talk. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've learned today that I'm above all my situations. You are above all, all my situations. How, how does that become possible? What makes that possible? Because uh, the situation that I'm seeing myself these days is very terrifying. But I see that through today's exhortation of preaching, I know that. As Christ Face above, the camera. As Christ is above all, and I'm in Christ Jesus, I'm also above all the situations. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Mr. Augustine. Oh, I like that. Thank you. He, I quoted John 3.31. Don't forget it. He who is from above is where? Is above all. So if you are seated together with Christ above there, then you are above all that situation. How many believe that? Please, will you? So how will, it, how will it change? You see, the mere fact that you are above it doesn't mean that Satan will say that, oh, I know. I know that you are above me, so I'm going. Satan doesn't give up that easily. You know why? Because he lost it already. So he has nothing to lose. He lost it already. His place has already been determined. The everlasting fire. Matthew 25, 41. The everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So all he does is to put up a certain fight. At least... If he can intimidate you, if he can mesmerize you, if he can, if he, what word can I use to show what Satan sometimes wants to do? He just wants to make you feel like God doesn't care. And if he can get you below the belt and make you look so miserable, and then you are now quelled in, in yourself, and all you think about is you and you and nobody else, and you think that you are the only person going through that situation, then he has access. Then he can lord it over you. Then he can now weary and poo poo on you. And he can even suggest to you that why don't you even take away your life and be free? Whereas he knows that that is not the freedom. Because the moment you take away your life, what happens is that you join him in hell. And he will now show you the real sins. And from hell, you join him in the everlasting fire. So that situation that you feel that is overwhelming has an expiry date, according to what we have learned today. How many believe that? Bible says our light affliction, which is but for a moment. So we can change it between now and tomorrow, 31st May. Let some things end. I don't know what it is about you. Open your mouth, child of God. Let some things end. Enough is enough of this struggle. Struggling with spiritual battles. Struggling with physical battles. Struggling with financial situations. Struggling with marital situations. Struggling with emotional situations. Struggling. That struggle must end because we have an exalted position in Christ. We are in Christ and we've been endowed with every spiritual blessing. We have what it takes to control the physical circumstances of our lives. From today this physical circumstance must end. Could it be your marriage? Could it be your business? Could it be your career? Could it be a physical condition in your physical body? It must end. Enough is enough. 